hello, hello, and welcome to today's broadcast of Divine Downloads. I am your host, Elizabeth Overton, and I am delighted to be here today. I have this wonderful guest, Kristen Van Tilburg, and she is a business coach, and she teaches professionals mindset reinvention skills to increase sales and stay ahead of the competition in the marketplace. Welcome to the broadcast, Kristen. So happy to have you here today. Thanks, Lisbeth. Hey, listeners, so glad to be with you. Yay! So I like to start out uh, these, I think it's fun to talk about um, relationship building, and Kristen and I met on ye old LinkedIn, and I think it's interesting because Kristen actually reached out to me to talk about some stuff around the nursing realm, so... I just love to sort of highlight for people, you know, I love social media. I love technology. Um, of course, technology has its, you know, barriers and things that maybe people might associate as being sort of negative or, or whatever, but I like to focus on the positive of all things. So I am just grateful, Kristen, that you reached out to me and that we connected. I, I love the work you're doing. So would you mind just sharing with my listeners who you are and, and, and what you're offering right now? Thanks. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, my my vision is a, is for a win win world, and so my work is all about creating a mindset that allows each of us to live in a win win world. As I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, it is our mindset that determines the experience that we have in life. It's the beliefs that we have about ourselves that work like a blinder on a horse. And uh, if you've ever seen a horse with a blinder on, the whole purpose is for the horse not to be able to see anything from the sides because horses have a, a peripheral vision and it startles them when things are moving in the periphery of their vision. So when you put a blinder on a horse, the horse can't see very much. It just sees what's right in front of it. And that allows it to remain calm and, and uh, do a good horse job. But for humans, when we have blinders on, then we are obscuring from our own view many of the possibilities and opportunities that life is always directing toward us. Life is for you. Life is always for you. But if you have a belief that it's not, if you have a belief that you've been abandoned by life, nobody cares, nothing ever works out for me, those are blinders that will prevent you from seeing an opportunity that's actually knocking right on your door. So my work is all about helping people take these blinders off so that they experience the widest possible range of possibility and opportunity. And that's how we create a win-win world because we let go of this idea that we have to compete against one another and that somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, you're speaking my language, Kristen. You're speaking my language. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I love analogies. I love metaphors. Um, specifically, the one about the horse and the blinders and what you said about as humans, when we have the blinders on, we're, we're really blocking our view to, to what's possible. So I love that analogy. I would love to know, for most humans, speaking of humans, right? Was there something that happened in your life where you had on the blinders and there was something um, that allowed you to 
see maybe something for the first time in a different lens or from a different perspective that allows you to get to this place of knowing and believing that that life is for you and it's about a win-win all of that stuff yeah absolutely i mean many there's many examples but the most profound one that's happened was when my partner died two years ago and you would think that a situation that was that filled with grief and loss for me would have been a major setback and and i'll be honest you know i did um I did go through some dark days, but with this belief that life is for me, I started asking myself, what are the opportunities now? Because when he died, um, he was my best friend. He was my business partner in some ways. He, you know, he, he was my lover. He, he just fulfilled so many roles. So when he died suddenly, he left this enormous gap in my life and, and actually I had to reinvent my identity because I wasn't his partner. I wasn't his friend. I didn't have his business expertise to guide me anymore. And so what was left there? What was, what was the opportunity that life was giving me in the face of this tremendous loss? And that's when this deeper experience of the power of unconditional love came into my awareness. Because what would happen to me, Lisbeth, is I would, I would go through a wave of grief and it could happen you know in the grocery store i would see uh, a loaf of bread and remember that was his favorite bread and all of a sudden there'd just be tears coming and what i learned was that if i could accept that and let those tears fall on the other side of that wave of grief the presence of the love that we shared was still available to me and and that was really my first encounter with a deep personal experience of love's eternal presence i mean i knew it as a concept i i understood that god is love but but when i lost my partner and i lost the joy of his physical company but i discovered the presence of the love that we shared was still available to me all i can tell you is that it it opened up a vista that I had never seen before. And it gave me such a confidence and such a hope. And, um, and that's what I'm reinventing myself and my brand around is this idea that you can reinvent yourself in the presence of love and become a deeper, fuller expression of who you already are. Oh, wow. I was getting full on angel bumps when you were sharing. Okay. 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 So many things. So, I just have to say, so I love this, the presence of love um, as it's still available to you, even it's like, it's not one or the other, it's, it's and, right? Where even though you were having this immense grief and this immense, you know, gap or hole, you were able to really just bear witness to the depth, intensity and richness of your love that's so beautiful Kristen well it, it's meant everything to me it you know I, I know that many people that are listening have had a major loss in their life and if they haven't had one yet there's likely to be one in their future and and I just want to stand for the opportunity of that loss to take you into a deeper experience of love's presence 
it does take courage. You know, it's not easy to say yes to these waves of grief. But on the other side of that wave, if you can, if you can hang in there and be with it and, and, and stand in that place that is left when this wave washes over you, then there is a profound opening to love's eternal presence that's waiting right there to receive you if you can have the courage to let it in. That is so beautiful. Would you say, Kristen, that allowing yourself to feel the pain, to feel the, the deep sorrow, to feel the deep loss is, is what allowed you to um, allowed you to, I guess it really is like allowed you to hang on. Like you said, it takes courage and what's on the other side of that. Um, it's really just like, to me, the word peace just keeps coming up because when we, I think the way that we, as humans, we create suffering is by wanting to be where we're not. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, grieving is, is a bitch. It is not fun. It is not fun to experience those feelings of devastating loss. And, and I think a lot of people, they prolong that experience because they won't surrender to it. It's like, um, this wave is, ro is rolling in toward your shore and you're on the shore and this wave of grief is coming and people, they don't want to feel it because it is, it is really unpleasant. I I'm not going to sugarcoat it, that part of it, but, but they, so they build this wall up and, and it numbs them or they, they will use a substance. Um, you know, mine is sugar. I, I want to go get something sweet and, and have a treat and all of that. But, but that just, that just what the more this wall goes up, the more that water, the pressure of the water is behind the wall. And so the, the, it will not go away. This is part of the human way of, in my opinion, of processing this loss is to grieve. And, and it will not go away. But if you could just, I don't know, for me, I already had some skills in terms of allowing my emotions. So um, I think I had a head start. But, but to just say yes, I found that, especially as time went on, the experience of the wave of grief that got shorter and shorter and the crossing over into this feeling of love's presence came faster and faster. So that, that's a way that I would encourage anyone that's struggling with that is, is to let it in and it will pass if you don't resist it. Mm, that's such, that's such uh, sage advice, Kristen. I love that. I, I think, um, surrender is one of my favorite words. I actually created a t-shirt that says surrender on the front. And I, and I do think right as humans, we're, we're either wanting to move towards, toward pleasure or away from pain. And it's, it's often the, um, you cannot, it's like, you cannot cross the bridge by like, you literally have to go over the bridge. And for so many of us, I think, like you said, we, we really prolong our suffering because we, it's like, it hurts too much. We don't, we want, we don't want to feel the emotion. And when we do that, we're really blocking off. I kind of like to make the analogy. I believe that 
when anybody experiences what I call trauma, and that could be a very small trauma, like, you know, being teased on the playground when you were five, or some kind of physical trauma, like, uh, like a fire or abuse or neglect. I mean, we have all experienced trauma and our own experience, you know, dictates how big or small that trauma is. And I feel like trauma is like the number one thing that, that cuts us off from our, our creativity and, and our, our sort of our inner children. And, um, and it's, and the creativity is the very thing that will allow us to have hope and courage and inspiration. And so this is reminding me of like grief is sort of a similar thing. It is, is, is kind of like a trauma, right? Where we, if we experience it and we allow it to feel the way it feels, then we will soon be on the other side of it. Yeah, the trauma is the loss. And then the grief is the response to the loss. And that's why exactly why you're saying you cannot, you cannot move through the loss without experiencing the grief. It's just not possible. And the harder that you try, the more that you lock yourself into this prison of numbness because it's gonna be the next thing. The moment you say yes to any kind of experience, the grief will, will rush right in. And, you know, until that happens, the possibility for a joyful moment is just not there. I'm sure everybody, all your listeners have known someone that gets lost in this experience of grieving. And even though they may appear on the surface to be experiencing it, I think that it's pretty clear that if they haven't fully surrendered to it, then then they're still trying to hold it back. I mean, you know, you might see someone in, who would cry and uh, express this sadness, but, but the process of finding the love is, means that you have fully let it in. Let yourself be devastated. I mean, there was a time for me, and, and you know, you can be shattered. You can be shattered by an experience, but the loss that I experienced when my partner died it was more than broken into pieces. It was, it was completely, I felt like nothing. I felt like dust. And dust is such a powerful um, position because God created man out of dust. That's what the Bible says. So, so dust is just the perfect place to begin your life again. If you're trying to put together pieces you know, you're kind of stuck with how the pieces used to fit together is the only way they're going to go back together. But when you let yourself become nothing, become dust, and, and go through this experience of who am I now? Who do I want to be? What am I going to use this experience for? And let yourself be particles. <laughs> then, then this experience of unconditional love has free reign to come inside of you and say, here's your new life purpose. Like for me, I've always been about uh, teaching positive mindset, but I didn't used to have the courage to say that unconditional love is the mindset that is, that is complete joy, complete peace, and yet complete success as well. And I learned that by being shattered to the point of being dust. Ooh, I, I'm just getting, I keep getting lots of angel bobs. 
the uh the imagery of the dust i'm seeing like beautiful gold sparkly is just um i just i love that analogy and i think it's so so powerful to to be able to i call it feeling the feels right and it and i love brene brown and i love this idea of being just vulnerable because it's that vulnerability that allows you to experience the love, the unconditional love, that joy that you're speaking of. And I'm big time into energy and frequency and vibration. And, and it is said, right, that, that love is the, the highest frequency, the highest vibration of any emotion. And so it makes sense that when you, when you surrender to the grief, when you surrender to the loss, it, it sort of allows this flood of this frequency of love, which to me is just like pure peace to come in exactly yeah peace i think is the expression when when love is in stillness and then when love begins to be in motion and interact with the world then then it's then that peace becomes love that's just my definition but i i find it helpful you know what is the distinction and love is kind of an interactive experience unconditional love is is a willingness to meet the world meet other people, meet other situations, meet circumstances just the way they are without having, feeling the need to say this, there's something wrong with this. It's, I need to try to control this or fix it or change it. Unconditional love says, wow, I'm sitting in this chair and I'm looking out this window at this tree that was bare just a month ago and now it's full of leaves and new life and the grass was brown and now the grass is green and it's just it's just all alive and teeming and communicating to me. And that's happening right here, right now, right in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> mm, what presence. That's just beautiful. I love that. I think, I, so this is really, this conversation to me is just an invitation because obviously there is, you could say an insurmountable amount of trauma and chaos and, and suffering going on the, in the world. And so the bottom line is there's no, there is no pill you can take. There is no silver bullet. It, it really is bringing it back to the basics and the simplicity of owning your experience, owning your experience and having the courage and the vulnerability to be able to allow it to be what it is without trying to change it, whether through numbing or denying or pushing it away because we, we have all had that experience, right? Where we, we didn't process something and then it, it reared its ugly head with a vengeance five, 10 years later. <laughs> Amen. Well, that, that's where my interest in the nurses of the world had came up because I swear, especially hospital nurses, they are living in a war zone. How, how are they not supposed to be affected by what they see? And with what's happened with the payers and the, the whole insurance deal is doctors aren't really so much in charge anymore as insurance companies and what they pay for. And who's, who wouldn't be morally injured by that experience of knowing that people are not necessarily getting what they need. They're getting what will be paid for. How offensive is that? And um, so I had a deep desire to try to bring my message of unconditional love and win-win into that profession because I honestly think it's amazing that anybody is surviving in that environment the way it is today. 
Oh, yes. Being as a nurse for 21 years, I definitely, it is a war zone. Um, and this, you know, speaking of moral injury and um, some, something absolutely needs to change in a, in a very extreme way for, for nurses to be able to, to carry on. And it's, you know, we have to be activists. We have to be calling the legislators and the senators and, and demanding that things change because the tendency tends to be um, maybe, you know, speaking about something, but not actually, um, you know, because of all, there's so many, it's a very complex issue, obviously, a fear for, you know, being fired or, or, you know, um, something negative happening for speaking up. So, but we have to, like, there's no other, there's no other way. So, um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I don't think that, I didn't sign up to be a nurse so that I could survive. I, and I, and I was working in a clinical setting where even though I was part-time, I, I still had to take call and I didn't really know, you know, if I was going to leave at three thirty or 10 o'clock. And so I decided to, to move and go somewhere else. And <clears throat> now I'm thriving and I, and I absolutely love it. And I, I would encourage any nurse that's listening to really honor your mind, body, spirit, and your journey. And um, just because something is happening doesn't mean you have to put up with it or accept it. You can speak up for yourself, advocate for yourself, and and go somewhere where you are appreciated. Um, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. You know, the, the one thing I see is that as nurses leave, it will force change on the healthcare because I don't think nurses are acknowledged for being the hub of the wheel that makes it all work. But if, if there was a universal nurse strike and, and no nurse went to work, they would have to reform healthcare immediately because it just, the whole system would fall apart without the nurses. And yet their needs come really high, really low on the priority list of this whole healthcare deal. And uh, so it's not right. And, and I don't think it'll ever work until it's completely restructured, reinvented. We need to invent a wellness system and, um, yes. and start with personal responsibilities so that people are willing to take and make good choices for their own wellness. And that would, that would change everything right there if that would happen. No, absolutely. Restructuring from what I call sick care to well care. And then also, absolutely, uh, nurses need to be at the table. And we need to be, um, it's not this top-down stuff because, you know, administrators, leadership that, um, you know, they, we, we need nurses at the table so that we, nurses are helping create the structure and the framework because we're the ones on the pulse of sick care and uh, we deserve to be helping structure how it is that we're gonna, cause we're the most resourceful, ingenious, tireless, strong, courageous humans on the planet. And so the more that nurses can um, advocate and not, and not give in and because, you know, things don't change if you're not, if you're just gonna go along to get along, okay, well fine, I'll come in even though it's my day off. So. Um, I believe in taking radical responsibility for my life and 
some, somebody else is not going to dictate my health, my well-being. And so I think the, the biggest issue nurses have is that nurses have really poor boundaries, which means they don't, they don't protect their boundaries. And so they allow other people, whether that be your manager or your work to sort of dictate like how you're showing up. And that's, that's just not, that doesn't work long-term. So. Yeah, well, I can't agree more. And this mindset work that I do is about radical responsibility, creating a connection with your own source of unconditional love, this eternal moving energy that's always flowing through so that so that you are receiving at the very same time that you're giving and this creates a situation where you're giving from an abundance of energy instead of being constantly in a deficit which most people are working that way just because they don't they don't realize that there is a different way of perceiving reality um, so that you do receive at the very same time that you give um, this, this, this is a part of the reinvention skill set that I think is so important is um, we have to let ourselves be nourished by our own source energy much more than we do. We, we look too much in the external world for these sources of, of satisfaction. And, and that's a skill. First, you have to know that it, it's possible and then you have to practice. Keep returning your mind to to the experience of connection to that source energy. Oh, that's so, so, so true. And again, you're speaking my language, source energy. I spent years and years and years looking for, uh, I guess I would call use the word validation, right, from external sources. And, and I think we have created this culture with social media and everything you said in the beginning of the broadcast, you know, a win-win world is where we're not comparing ourselves to one another. And it's not about a competition. It's about really loving and holding space for people and supporting one another. And would you say, this is just what's coming up for me. I think so many people, specifically nurses, since we were talking about nurses, but in general, so many people live from a place of fear and lack, which sort of creates this victim mentality or going down that rabbit hole of, you know, woe is me and which, you know, has to do with the blinders and not really seeing the opportunities. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that, you know, I've looked a lot at, at human development and how our brains work. So you're, you're born as an infant. And for most of us, our birth was just a devastating trauma. We were in this environment where all our needs were met, we were safe, we were warm, we had this heartbeat that we were sort of, you know, um, living in a, in, a, in a harmony with your mother's heartbeat. And then all of a sudden this strange process starts and you're, and you're whisked into this world where there's bright light and, and then they, they cut this umbilical cord, which just, separates you from the placenta which has been your source of everything and and then you're wrapped and you you know the worst case scenario you're put in some sort of incubator deal and 
And so our very first experience is an experience of profound trauma, profound lack, profound scarcity. And, and, and that is, that is our, that's what we build our, our human experience on. So I don't think it's any wonder that our natural tendency is toward lack and scarcity and victim mentality. But the exciting thing is that consciousness, which we all have, and that is just the major tool, right? That's the major reinvention tool is to use the consciousness that you have to examine these experiences and change your mind about what it all meant. And so um, one of the things that I like to take people through is this experience of reinventing your birth. And, you know, it's true that we can't actually change the physical experience that you had, but we can reinterpret what it meant. And when we do that, it begins to open up. This is just another place where unconditional love has not been allowed to flow through us because we... I mean, this is a deep barrier and it is really uncomfortable if you, I don't, I had an experience called rebirthing years ago where this birth trauma became clear to me and it's, it's horrendous, but it, but it, it was a finite experience. And, and when we go back and we let ourselves complete it and change what meaning we make out of it, the possibilities for our life, you know, talk about taking off some blinders. If you take off that initial experience and do begin to live in this condition of I'm connected to the, to the unconditional love that is beating my heart and breathing my breath. I mean, that's the astonishing thing is it's right here. You know, medical science has this explanation for why your heart beats and why your breath breathes. But when my beloved died, he died right in front of my face. And I can tell you that all that mechanism that they say is making a person alive, you know, parasympathetic nervous system and sympathetic and all that stuff, that was all still there and he was gone. So I'm here to say to anyone who's never thought about it, your heart is beating because love is saying you belong here. Your breath is breathing because love says, I want to see the world through these eyes. That is your uniqueness. That is your value. And that is what you can come back to and say, oh my God, <laughs> the abundance is already here. I have all the air I need and I don't even have to put it on my to-do list. You know, has anybody ever put, I need to breathe today or I need to beat my heart today? No, our life is given to us. And if we trust that that is going to be given to us, why can't we open to receive all the rest? So that's just an opportunity that I try to bring to clients. And that is a reinvention of who you are in relationship to life that is transformative. It is paradigm shattering to shift into this sense that life is for me, life is giving me my breath and everything else. Okay, we have so many tweetables right here. Just just wait a minute. Your heart is beating because love says you belong here. And let the angel say, hallelujah. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, do you have that written down somewhere, Kristen? Because that is epic. 
Well, I don't need to write it down because I say it a lot. And yes. I say it a lot because it is one of the most profound truths mm. that I've ever experienced in my life is I'm not, I'm here because something else is saying something grander and far beyond what I conceive of as me. And that's actually the opportunity is to begin to perceive that as me and to live from that expanded place as opposed to, you know, the bag of skin and bones. And that's something else I saw when my beloved died is the bag of skin and bones. I mean, it was precious to me and we had a great relationship through it, but, but he, he was not there anymore. And I found him in this open experience of love. So, um, I, I, you know, to be, to be conscious of all that life is telling us through these experiences is just to realize the profound gift that every moment brings. And that's why we don't want to be numb. That's why we don't want to get into living in these patterns that prevent us from contacting the present moment where it's all happening right here, right now. Mm, so beautiful. So I want to speak a little bit to, um, uh, what you were saying about, you know, the, I guess I would use the word birth story. Um, I definitely have, I couldn't agree more with what the ultimate trauma of coming into this world is like. And I have had some pretty profound experiences. Um, like I call it rewriting my birth story where, you know, I recreate my own birth and it's extremely profound. And it sounds like you also offer things like that. So let's talk about how can people um, find you, work with you, reinvent themselves? Well, I have uh, a website that is my name, kristenvantilberg.com, and that's where I offer the opportunity to participate in the Love Mindset Mastery community. That is a group of people that are committed to the idea that the Love Mindset is their is their highest goal for themselves. And for many women that are middle-aged and older, we begin to realize that being living this truth is, is the greatest way that we can contribute it to the consciousness of this world. Because we touch people all day long, every day, and we never even realize it. So, so that's... Um, that's the main way to be in touch with me. I'm on LinkedIn under my name. I, I have a Facebook community called Awakening Women's Community, and, and we can leave those links. Um, but I, I would just be honored and thrilled to, to share, share my work with anyone that's interested. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I have two sort of... Um, you know, sidebar questions that I'm going to start asking people that I used to ask people when I had my nurse boss blog. And so if you don't mind engaging in these answers, these are kind of fun. Uh, the first one, Kristen, is what book or publication is currently on your nightstand? Or what are you currently reading? Well, uh, the fiction book I'm reading is uh, Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that sounds fun. It is, it is super fun. Um, this man that I guess grew up in Asia, um, he sort of 
threw back the curtain on this on this very small elite group of Asian billionaires. And um, this story is about an American woman who is um, going to marry, or at least she's involved with this uh, Chinese man, and and. He's also, she's a professor and he's a professor and they have their life together and he has never told her that he's from one of these crazy rich Asian families. So he, he takes her home to meet the family and, and the ensuing chaos is, is really hysterically funny and tragically sad all at the same time, but, but really a rich feast of uh, seeing yourself and, and being able to compare your own beliefs about money to the, to the beliefs of these people that that just have such an such an abundant supply that yeah, they just don't they don't experience limits like quote unquote normal people do so it's just a really fun way to stretch your mind and and entertain yourself and it was made into a movie too that was real popular last year so the dvd is available for the shortcut version that's funny actually i just saw that movie mm, maybe like six months ago and when you're saying it's a it's a feast right like the have you seen the movie Kristen? i have yeah i just watched it a couple nights ago and I, to me it was like a feast for the senses like the colors and the and the music and the food it was just like it was so good <laughs> oh my gosh i love that well thank you for sharing that and then the other question i have i i'm a foodie I, I love food and cooking is my love language. So I love to ask people, this might be kind of hard, but we'll just try it. If you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? So we can, we can leave out the nutritional part. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could be completely and fully nourished on any food, I guess it might be um, tapioca pudding that was my mother's love language and i haven't really found anything that speaks connection and nurturing better than what my mother used to feed me when i didn't feel good oh that's beautiful mm, isn't it interesting the um i guess it's all about the limbic system right our emotions and how like the sense of smell specifically and foods and the just that deep sense of connection between things that we remember, right? Um, anyway, that's really cool. I love that. What would your food be? Oh, sushi, for sushi. sure. Oh yeah, I, I, could eat, I could eat sushi all the live long day. And then there would be like tons of variety. So like it would never get old because I, I love variety. <laughs> well, oh. me too. Yeah, I'm a big sushi fan. Oh my goodness. Now, um, let me see. Do you have any, um, this has been such a treat. Um, I feel like I've known you for a long time, even though we've really never talked before um, other than through messaging. So this has been such a, such a treat. And I love that the, the work you're doing, I think um, if we can get more people connected to their, their heart centers and coming from this place of deep connection and, and deep love of self, then certainly there will be a whole lot less suffering um, in the world. So I just want to thank you for your time today, Kristen. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for giving me a chance to share and, uh, and get my experience out there. I, my heart just goes out to anyone that's 
experiencing a deep loss. I do know, and I hope that I didn't minimize in any way how challenging it is to confront the pain of loss. But I'd like to just leave us with this encouragement that, that love is, is looking for all of us. I mean, it's just waiting there, right in your heartbeat, right in your breath, inviting you to remember that you're, you're wanted, that you're here for a reason, that, that love loves looking through the world through your eyes and, and letting that in maybe can be a light at the end of a tunnel for someone today. Mm, it feels like uh, we're just, just sending people a, a really big hug or whatever feels safe for you to receive. Absolutely. Knowing that you are, um, you are love. You deserve to be loved. You absolutely deserve to be here. And, and if you are struggling, I hope that this just gives you a little bitty um, sip of hope, of encouragement. And I just want to thank everybody for listening, for tuning in. If this resonates, please, please, please share with your peeps. And um, until the next broadcast, um, keep just taking one step in, in front of the other and take good care of yourselves. Bye-bye.